podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And remember for Kansas State in their first two series, they had only eight yards. So 106 since then, 55 on one run by Sproles, who's lined up as the tailback. L. Roberson on a play fake with a deep drop on first down. Takes it down the left sideline, wants Terry. Terry's got it. Headed for the end zone. K-State leads it. James Terry from Homestead, Florida on a 63-yard home run from L. Roberson. The Oklahoma fans are stunned. of the evening every K-State fan enjoys Settle down and pour a whiskey Crack open a LaCroix Please put your hands together And make a little noise For your favorite wildcatters The handsome Bosco boys Bosco's boys Come on, boys all right, welcome back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. We've got our May Q&A podcast. Scott, we just got hacked by the Russians again. They so keep we're coming after us. Luckily, we're moving away from our uh, our app bumpers, uh, which has been great for us to kick this off, but they're far too prone to <laughs> Russian attacks. So yeah, they need some more security, is, man. It does, well, it doesn't matter because this is the last one. They're shutting the app down. Uh, but let's just get back into it. Uh, we're going to try to recreate the magic you guys missed out on. But Beer of the Pod, it's, it's coming from our favorite brewery in Kansas City. I think the best brewery in Kansas City, Double Shift. They call it the Yard Beer. It's a spring lager. I think it's the perfect, perfect tasty little lager as we're waiting on this uh, severe weather to roll through Kansas City. Let's see if we can finish taping this pod before we all died to a uh, tornado. Yeah. Um, love Double Shift. Good beer. Uh, they're having a tap tomorrow, um, a beer called Bonk. It's a collaboration. Go check it out tomorrow. Um, let's move on. NFL draft update. Street continues with DJ Reed being drafted in the fifth round uh, and 142nd overall. He was picked by the 49ers. Tell us a little about uh, that streak that has continued with Mr. DJ Reed. Yeah, the single greatest streak in the Big 12. There's no streak associated to any Big 12 school that is more impressive than that. Uh, Their GM, John Lynch, former DB in the NFL, he came out and said that they took him because of his versatility. He mentioned that he's going to be doing special teams work as a returner, as a gunner, all sorts of stuff on special teams. He also said they brought him in in mind as a dime and nickel corner, which is where I, you know, thought he was going to end up in the NFL. Then he also came out and said he has no problem seeing him as an outside corner, a one or two in the NFL. That's exciting to hear. I'm glad he's with a GM that truly believes in him, in his versatility, in his swagger. I'm looking forward to it. I wish he would have gone to the Chiefs in round four, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm looking forward to him. I think he's going to have a great NFL career. I agree. I think he's going to make a name for himself. Um, moving on, we got uh, Mr. Byron Pringle, undrafted free agent contract with the Chiefs. Tell us about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, first shout-out to Byron. I know you listen to the pod. Uh, I love you, buddy. If you're looking for a roommate, let me know. Uh, you know, this was announced, I think, five minutes after the draft concluded. So I'm sure Veach was on the phone with them the second the last pick went through 
and got a deal done. NFL.com came through and said that he was one of the top uh, undrafted free agents and one of the top guys who's going to a situation where he can make a 53-man roster. I'd love to see him take over that Demarcus Robinson role where you're playing special teams, you're a fourth wide receiver. Byron proved in our offense he can block a little. He can be explosive. I think he's a perfect fit for the Chiefs and what they're doing. And if he makes that 53-man roster, I'm going to uh, get on the internet and either a dodgy Chinese side or maybe Fanatics, <laughs> you know, something. I'm going to get me a red Byron Pringle Chiefs jersey if he makes that 53-man ro- roster, and I'll wear it to Arrowhead anytime I'm out there this uh, upcoming fall. 100% agree. When he makes that 53-man yes, roster, we're both going to get a Pringle jersey, and we're going to go to a game that's not ice cold. Okay, moving on, Mr. Matty McCrane, undrafted free agent contract with the Arizona Cardinals. He will always be considered my Lou Groza award winner for this past season. Hashtag uh, you know, sexy Groza. Ha- oh, man. Let's just throw this out there. Matt McCrane is one of the sexiest Wildcats ever to play the game. He ooh, he is a babe. Uh, he's, he's a baddie. Going, oh, man. And he, <laughs> I don't know if he has a girlfriend or not, but if he doesn't, all those hot chicas out in Arizona, watch He does. Out. He does. They're a very, okay. very hot couple, by the way. Never mind. Uh, I'm sure she'll enjoy Arizona. I'm, I think he's going to make the roster because he is going to a franchise that has one of the greatest kickers of all time, Phil Dawson. The old man is 43. He's due to make $3 million this year, but no penalty if he gets cut. The Cardinals were, will receive zero cap hit if they cut Mr. Dawson. I think he's going to make it. I have full confidence in him. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him have a very long and lucrative career in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, next up, Mr. Will Gary gets an invite to the Eagles rookie minicamp. Best of luck to him. And, of course, our QB1, Jesse Ertz, got an invite to the New Orleans Saints rookie camp. Um, best of luck to him as well. He's going to have some tough competition there, though. Yeah, I I, uh, I would love to see either one of these guys make it out of rookie minicamp, make it to a training camp get on a you know preseason roster worst case scenario they're going to always have that picture of them you know as their twitter abby in uh you know shorts t-shirt but they'll have that nfl helmet on they're going after their dream would love to see either one of those guys make it onto a roster uh you know we'll we'll see what happens i'm i'm really pulling for both of them both great humans great cats yes best of luck to those great people um scott i want you to Give me a give me a good rant. We got some good uh, Wichita State drama, scheduling drama. Um, of course, pro- oh boy! I know this is near <laughs> and dear to your heart. Um, tell us about it. It is anyone who uh, has known me for any amount of time that has heard this get brought up. Anyone who's followed me on Twitter for any amount of time, they know how passionate I am about this subject. Uh, Wichita State. It, it's come out. It was rumored on our uh you know one of our favorite sites kso in one of their off the record segments great content over there and then our guy kellis k-dog robinette he had the story that finally got it on the record uh we reached out to wichita state and we gave in to greg marshall greg marshall when he came to wichita state he didn't really say much the second he started getting a team that was worth a damn at all he ran to a microphone. He ran to any reporter that would listen to him, and he would cry like the adult loser baby that he is, the proper slime ball. 
he goes, oh, we'll play anyone, anytime, anywhere, any place. KU and K-State, they're scared of us. He just goes on this stupid rant and his bat crazy stupid wife is in the background cackling like a hyena. She's insane. Oh, she's the worst. And he just go and just cries and cries and cries. Bill Self has gone on the record saying that he reached out to them and offered them a two-for-one. Greg Marshall turned it down. I know for 100% on-the-record fact that when Frank Martin was here and when Bruce Weber was here, both of them at different points reached out to Wichita State and tried to schedule a two-for-one, which is a perfectly reasonable request. There is no reason why Wichita State, who claims anyone, anytime, anyplace, anywhere, wouldn't take a two-for-one versus schools that are far bigger, far more important, better programs than them. But what did Greg Marshall do? He turned them down and then lied to the media about it. And then, because K-State fans are stupid, and they cry to Bruce Weber, they cry to Gene Taylor, just saying, we want to play Wichita State constantly for over a year now, just constantly berating them with this request. And like the good people they are, they reached out to Greg Marshall and gave him exactly what they what he wanted. He said, Greg... Here you are, home and home. We're not even going to want to play in Interest Bank Arena. On your campus, on our campus. Come to Manhattan this fall, this winter. What does Greg do? No. If we're going to play, you have to come to our arena first. And just like the little snake he is, we come back to him and say, oh, we'll do it. And then he comes up with a new reason not to. Oh, my. I get so worked up about this because then our fearless leader, Gene Taylor, goes on the record and he he just dances around it. He says, yeah, we asked them to come to our place. They said no. Yeah, we said we would go there, and then they said the date didn't work. They need to put him on the spit like the pig he is and roast him. <laughs> Don't let him off this easy. And K-State fans, I beg you, stop asking for this game. It's yeah. not worth it. It's weird. Oh, my God. It's my least favorite thing about K-State fans. I agree. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say that Greg Marshall gets the bell end of the podcast award. Proper weirdo. Definition of a proper weirdo. Let's not give him any more uh, time of day, though. Let's move on to the questions officially. Why don't you start us off? And before we do it, it's on the topic of the very first question. Some basketball news did come out today. The Kansas oh, yes. State Wildcats will be facing the Vanderbilt Commodores in Sprint Center December 22nd. Uh, looking forward to that. Vanderbilt's going to have a borderline top 25 team. They have a great recruiting class coming in. They have some future NBA guys. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere in the Sprint Center, festive atmosphere. And also coming out today, the news that we will be playing in a brand-new NBA arena versus the Marquette Golden Eagles who are returning a lot of talent up there in Wisconsin. And, you know, they'll be returning to Bramlage to the following season. But that's either going to be on the 8th or the 15th. And I'll tell you this right now, if it's on the 8th, I think we need to go. I'm going to have some family, uh, you know, holiday stuff going on the 15th because I asked them not to do on the 22nd, which was originally being planned because I need to be in the Sprint Center. But if it's on the 8th, I think we need to check out this new arena. I would absolutely love to go down to Milwaukee into the house that Giannis built, my fave NBA player, the Greek god. 
Let's do it. I'm I'm already committed. This this podcast is forcing us to go on road trips, anyways, and that's that's probably the best part about it. We're gonna have to do some sweet traveling so we can do some more remote pods at uh, like like Catlanta started it all. That it did. Uh, speaking of that, uh, you know, Papa Bear Kevin Mack, first ever text question of the pod. He reached out to me and said. Which home and away series would you like to see in both football and then also in basketball in the next coming years? And shout out also to good friend of the pod, hashtag cat pod buddy, Chandler Riley, at Chandler Riley underscore, also wanted to know about basketball specifically. Who do you like to see us schedule? So okay. I'll let you kick it off. Who I'm not do you gonna... want in football <laughs> and basketball? I'm not going to answer this strategically really at all. I'm just going to answer it with places that I would want to go and teams that I would want to see come to Manhattan. So, football. I got a couple. First of all, or first off, I'm going to say the LSU Tigers. I think that that would be a dream trip. It's a place that I've always wanted to go to. I want to go to Death Valley, see how insane it is. And honestly, thinking about it, they're beatable. They've been down. They're not the LSU that they were five, six years ago. Um, obviously, there's going to be a stark talent gap, but still, it's a, it, it, it's, a, it's a game we could possibly win. Who knows? And two, a place that I've always wanted to go also is uh, into Madison, Wisconsin. Play the Badgers. They're pretty good right now. What were they, like 13-1 and one last year? That would be, that'd be a tough matchup, but that'd be fun. And both of those teams coming into Manhattan would be great. Um, think of the hype those games would, those games would produce. Uh, be great for our brand. Be fun. Uh, basketball. I'm going to say this is probably the most unrealistic possible choice, but something that I would love to see, Duke. Let's go to Cameron. That would be great, a place that I've always wanted to check out. I don't know if I would even be able to get a ticket into that place because it's like the size of Hayden High School's gym. But uh, And that would be great to have. Think, think of how insane the octagon would be if Duke rolled in. It would be absurd. Oh, it, it would be absurd. And also, I was thinking – I, w- I kind of want to go to a Maryland basketball game. I think that would be a fun matchup. Maryland coming into Manhattan, us going into the uh, the Xfinity Center. They got one of the best, probably the best atmosphere in the Big Ten, I would think. But uh, those are my choices. Not very realistic, but I think they'd be awesome. What are you thinking? I, I, I think I went a little bit more realistic. Uh, <laughs> but also, uh, for football especially, it's a place I want to go back to. I'd like to see us play Georgia Tech. Uh, playing the triple option might be – you know, a little dicey, but, you know, especially since we're recruiting Georgia and Louisiana so much, it'd be nice to get a game down there in the deep South. I'd like to, you know, actually get a trip into uh, Atlanta where I don't just show up for, you know, just barely 36 hours like last time. I'd like to explore the city a little more. Uh, Basketball wise, I I would like, you know, a, this is the game that K-State fans should be clamoring for. Let's start a series back up with Missouri. They've revived their basketball program. They got some real talent. There's some real history there. It might piss off the Jayhawk fans a little bit, and, you know, that's always a little bonus if you can get it. Uh, I would love to see that. I'd love to see, like, a three-game series, Bramlage, whatever they call their arena in Columbia, and then Sprint Center. Another thing I would love to see, and, you know, Gene, I know you listen to it. I know uh, we're best friends. Uh, this is what you need to be doing. You need to set up a three-year contract with the Sprint Center and call it the Big 8 Holiday Classic, where you get Nebraska, Missouri, and Colorado to sign back on. 
a three-year rotation. Everyone plays everyone once. Back-to-back doubleheader sometime in the Christmas festive period in the Sprint Center. I think that would be amazing. I would go all three years. Get, you know, some of these schools that have this long history with each other and with Kansas City back together. I think that's something all the fans can get on board with. So, you know, if, if I was put in charge of scheduling, that's a little look into what I would try to do. Good idea. I like it. I like it. Uh, <clears throat> move on to number two. Yep. Golden dog bone contender at Gregory Hauser three. He wants to know, do you like the move going to a completely self-funded athletic department? Well, I really don't know much about this. I must have slept through this when it was like the news came out. But as far as I know, uh, this is kind of a high risk, high reward type of situation. Um, a lot of it's dependent on the success of your team and, you know, how well you're you're selling out your stadium, stuff like that. Uh, I really don't know much about this, if I'm being completely honest. Um, what, <laughs> I'll let you chime in, really. I don't yeah, have much af- of an opinion on it yet at this point. Yeah, the athletic department became like the third Division One school or something like that. In I the think nation. it's third in the conference. Uh, no, it's no, it's not. I, I I do know this. It's not conference. It might be Power Five, but I was reading while the Russians hacked us. I saw something that said third, maybe in Division One. Huh. So I'm I'm not quite. Very few programs have done this. They're completely self funded. They get no money from the academic side of the university, and they are now no longer taking any student fees. I think. Uh, over the last couple of years, it's been close to around a million dollars a year they got from the university and from students. That's no longer a part of the budget. It is now 100% self-funded by revenue from tickets, TV, and donations. Like you said, a little risky. Uh, I would love to see what would happen if you saw a downturn in A, performance, and B, TV revenue in the future. Uh, they might have to be going back to <clears throat> the students with their hands out like little peasants. I would love it if that didn't happen. Uh, they now do have more tickets to sell. They grab two sections back from the students and basketball. Don't worry, it's not the midcourt seats. Students still have the two most prime sections on that side. Uh, but they did take two sections back that have sold out to the public during all those great ticket deals during the March Madness run. And they took back Section 28 from GA students. Uh, that was rarely filled in football anyway, so that yeah. might be for the best. Uh, there's some repercussions. I would love to see it work out, you know, right size the student section, which honestly might have been a little too big based on student attendance trends. Right size everything. I hope it all works out, but I agree if you see some downturn in revenue, this, you know, they might be regretting going to the student government in proposing this change. Um, okay. I think that's good enough. Moving on. Yep. To our, our guy, J Mark, uh, you know, it's, it's Mount Rushmore season in sports talk radio. We might have to, we might have to come up with a Mount Rushmore of the pod because this gives a ton of content, but Mount, the Mount Rushmore up, of a sports journalist. How about that? Ooh, that might be, you know, if you listen to, Part two of the Q&A, there might be a uh, question asking us to rank our favorite K-State journos. So turn into part two of the pod whenever that comes out. But our guy, J-Mart, the lead guy over at KSO, asks us, 
you had to make a K-State Mount Rushmore comprised of four athletes all time, regardless of sport, who would make the cut? I'll run through my four. I won't give any honorable mentions. I might give some shout-outs to some honorable mentions after you go. Fair enough. My my four, (laughs) Mitch Richmond, probably the most decorated, arguably the best you know, college plus pro career basketball cat of all time. You know, he has a, you know, just tons of moments while at K-State. He went on to have a very good pro career, and now he's in the coaching and scouting game. Who knows, maybe maybe one day you might see him come back. Time will tell. But I think he has to be on there. The next guy, I would say probably the second biggest, you know, name when it comes to taking over a game literally can do whatever he wants electrifying guy he's a part of probably the marquee win in k-state football history that 98 win over nebraska michael bishop you know he did things that you don't see in college football you didn't see it you know in yesteryear you don't see it now this guy changed the game uh, you know, he was a part of two of, if not the best, one of the best seasons in K-State history. Not only that 98 season, but also that 97 season that somehow always kind of gets pushed to the back burner uh, because of how great 98 was. This guy, you know, he did it all. He could, he even punted the ball. This He, he was amazing. I've been watching, the, like, a ton of K-State uh, old highlight tapes. Like, basically just went through all of the 90s the other day. God, his arm was just absurd. I mean, you forget how much of a cannon he had. He would put it on just a laser. Yeah, just legendary. The next guy, the single biggest one-athlete game-changer in the history of K-State sports, Michael Beasley. Bob Huggins unlocked the door on K-State's resurgence basketball program. Michael Beasley sparked up a blunt and then kicked down the door. He came in, he put K-State on the national map. He got robbed of National Player of the Year, but he was Big 12 freshman of the year, Big 12 player of the year, consensus All-American. This is maybe the single most talented. Yes, he might not have done as much with the talent. You know, some of the olds love to point out, but he was maybe the single most talented K-State basketball player this stored program has ever seen. He put us back on the map. And when you see recruits tweeting about offers that they get from K-State, the four, one of the pictures, one of the four pictures they almost always include is a picture of Michael Beasley. This guy is a legend. Anyone who tries to downgrade him is not a true cat in my book. I love him. He's going on my Mount Rushmore. And number four, the probably the most talented, the most electrifying K-State football player of all time, Terrence Newman. If you think about just pure athleticism, he might be number one. If you think of some of the all-time greatest plays at K-State, he might be the, one of them. You know, the, the returned blocked extra point versus USC. Almost every hype video has that in there. He was a Big 12 champion track athlete. He's about to be a 43-year-old cornerback, still starting with the Minnesota Vikings. I, 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 I don't know if there will ever be a greater K-State football player, you know, he, he might have an outside shot at Canton. I mean, this guy was insane. So 
So those are my four. You kick it off with your four. I'll give any sort of honorable mention afterwards because I don't want to steal any of your guys. As you did before the Russians hacked us. Stupid but, Russians. Uh, thank you for the Russians, actually, because now we got a we got a better answer. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to who you said because I, I deleted him from my list. The GOAT, Terrence Newman. He's the best football player ever to come through Kansas State University, in my opinion. Won the Thorpe Award, um, was a track star as well, Big 12 champion track star. Absolutely ridiculous athlete. Been in the NBA or not NBA NFL for 13 seasons. He's all, probably could have played in the NBA. Probably if he, to. If he, he could do whatever he wants. Um, he's started all but two games. Absolute stud. Love Terrence Newman. My dog's named after him. So that's my honorable mention. I I, I hated deleting him, but it's tough. This is a tough thing to do here. This these four. It's tough to get four people. But here are mine. I'm gonna start number one and. You may you may laugh at this, but maybe not. Ernie Barrett, Mr. K State. I think he was on my, he was on my first version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard, man. I've already gone through like three drafts, but I think if you're going to K State Sports Mount Rushmore, you got to have Ernie Barrett on there. Um, just as in terms of an all time, um, he's certainly not one of the all time best athletes or you know players to come through the university, but he's Mr. K State. He's in the Hall of Fame. Um, went first round of the Boston Celtics. Gotta have Ernie Barrett. Number two, and I've got a couple repeats. I'm gonna start with Mr. Michael Bishop. I don't think anyone has done more as a player for K State football than Michael Bishop has in terms of like our brand and putting us on the national stage in the late nineties. Um, like you said, that ninety eight that ninety eight season we I mean, the ninety eight Nebraska game, is there a bigger stage that K State's been on than that? I don't know. College game day, one versus what? I don't know what the hell they were ranked. Like 13. Top 13, yeah. I just don't know. I mean, Michael Bishop still comes up as pretty much everyone's best ever quarterback at K-State. Can't keep him out. Number three, Mr. Michael Beasley. The one and done, the best ever, hands down, the best ever basketball player to come through K-State. And no one has done more for K-State's basketball brand than Michael Beasley had. He, res- he, he was part of the resurrection. He turned us, helped turn us around, helped, ended the, helped end the streak. And like you said, he's still a great recruiting tool. He's in the NBA now. He's playing. Michael Beasley's definitely on there. And last but not least, Mr. Eric Kennard. High yep. jump, national champion, and Olympic silver medalist. Has anybody represented K-State on a bigger stage than that? The Olympics? In the red, white, and blue, I don't think so. So for me, he goes on, he goes on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, he was my number one honorable mention. I, I personally think you know it, it's literally it's K State football and K State basketball, and then there's just the rest. But he come, came the closest. He became America's darling yeah. for you know a good two weeks. He was on all the late night shows. He did the ESPN circuit. He was wearing the awesome socks he's a great ambassador for k-state the university and the track program hashtag high jump you uh he was my honorable mention i had ernie very close i i, I tended to go towards jmart saying athlete yeah you know, a lot of his acclaim came also how he returned for, uh and being a part of the athletics administration so that's you know eh, and he went I to a title yeah, he, he was a title. part of the team that uh, lost to Kentucky in the title. 
just a lot of good names. You know, you could keep going could, on and yeah, on. Yeah, Jacob yeah. Paul, like a million basketball players. My other two would probably million. be Pullen and Sproles. Those are like my other yeah, two Pullen honorable Sproles. mentions. Colin Klein was a Heisman finalist. Yeah, you know, gotta go there. You could almost say, you know, do a triple head of the Lockett family. Yep. A lot of great names. Tweet us in, text us in, who are your four athletes? Let us know. But let's yeah. jump into I'd love to see next. what other people's are. <clears throat> yes, would love. J-Mart, shout out. Give us your top four. Uh, I, I want to hear it. And then let us know if you guys are into Mount Rushmore season. That's hardly an original uh, thing. It's all over Sports Talk Radio. The number one sports podcast in the world does it every single podcast after the NBA season. So, again, not original, but if that's something you guys would like to see us do, let us know. I like uh, it. It's gonna, fun. Yeah, it's fun. I would love to do it, but I don't also, you know. That's all right. We'll, all we'll right. see. We'll, we'll move see. on. Next question. Uh, from get at get at mean. Uh, football and or hoops, who's your favorite K-State bench warmer and why? Um, I'm not going to say football because that's – I don't know. The team's too big. I feel like it's hard to really fall in love with a good bench warmer on football. You may think otherwise. And for hoops, I'm going to throw it back to the 2009-2010 squad. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Say it. Say it. Top Cat, Washburn Rural oh! alum, Justin Werner. My favorite That's bench warmer. That's I had as well. Yes. I had Justin Werner as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, can't, I couldn't think of anyone else, really, that was like – who would who is never really playing that I'm actually have a connection to? I think yeah no I uh, yeah like we watched him play in high school. I put him on there because I also I think this is after he stopped playing because I believe he stopped after the nine and ten year. I don't mm-hmm. think he played in ten and eleven. But I in the next two years after he left the basketball team, I was at house parties as an underage uh, you know little Scott Wildcat lad. Of course, I wasn't drinking kids. It's illegal to consume alcohol until you are 21 but i was at house parties <laughs> with justin warner he actually got so intoxicated he proposed that we start shaving his roommate's head so uh it it, it was a you know it was a fun time and then uh it, it was yeah I, I, big shout out to justin warner we should probably try to get him on the i pod. wonder if he's got any good stories i'm sure he has some really good stories we could probably get him on the pod honestly We're, we should try to get Justin Warner on the pod. Uh, I did go with football. Um, this goes back to my dorm days. This is another hashtag top cat. But what about Sam Johnson? Oh, uh, speak a high quarterback, dude. That's my I, boy. I was, you know, I lived in Haymaker Hall with him. I hung out. I, I went to the Derb occasionally with him. Uh, I would walk. We both had eight a.m. classes. We occasionally were walking out of the Derby complex together. And then, if everyone wants to recall. There was one spring before he did leave to pursue a career in dentistry, I believe. Now he's acting. Uh, oh, he's acting now? Yep. He left Holy dentistry, crap. and now he lives in New York, and he goes to like acting school. He's got like long hair, dude. He looks, he looks great. Well, we should try to get him he's, on the pod as well. But He's a cl- rec- close family friend. We could probably get him on. All right. Let's try to get him on this summer as well. Uh, <clears throat> if, if everyone recalls, there was one spring where, uh, when asked about who might be the next starting quarterback – Bill Snyder came out and said, oh, well, maybe Sam Johnson. Uh, so, it, you know, there was a little bit of a panic for about a week. Uh, <laughs> granted, then it turned into the Daniel, Daniel Sams versus, uh, oh, God, Jake Waters. God, I almost forgot about the little Iowa boy. 
so it, it turned into <laughs> that competition. Uh, but yeah, one spring he said, you know, maybe, maybe a little Sammy. Uh, but grew up like you know. tailgating with him. He used to sit. We used to all sit together in the nineties and whatnot. You need to get him on the pod. I'm Beat about to him. look him up. I'm going to show you a picture of him. But uh, yeah. Ne- next question. Uh, this is uh, from a, a very loyal listener at Whitney underscore Harmon. Uh, uh, sorry, Hartman. Uh, was there a specific K-State game that led to the hashtag burn it down movement? We kind of touched on this, I think, on our you know very first pod or maybe it was I'm our first Q&A. we answered this. But yes, no, it, let's answer it, it again. the LaSalle game. LaSalle for you? Was when yeah, you wanted to burn it down? I think for me, I just, I didn't have, I don't know if, ah, that's a pretty good shout, LaSalle. I, I can't think of like a specific game where I was like, yeah, burn it down. But for me, it was just the back to back seasons with 33 losses. It was just a culmination of the transfers, the media outbursts, when he attacks the press, the player, or the fans, throws his, throws his players under the bus. It was just, I was really sick of Bruce. But now, you know what? I'm a Bruce boy. I'm Bruce's biggest fan. I've never said Bruce out. So we can move on, though. All right, and then final kind of group of questions. We had three questions over the last month about this. Figured we'd touch on it. Clint Bradbury and at Gregory Hauser 3 both asked about, is it time to fire or move on or change direction for the baseball program from Brad Hill? Uh, I say yes. I, I think everyone is saying yes. And then the follow-up question from at Life of Mama Fitz <laughs> Is Brad Hill gone? I'm saying yes. And if so, does he get a mini statue for the hashtag title town, the single greatest achievement in all sports? First off, it is the greatest achievement in all sports. It's only happened three times at a Power 5 conference. That's winning the conference in football, basketball, and baseball. It's never happened in the Big 12. It's the single greatest accomplishment in Big 12 sports history. And I don't think he gets a solo statue, but I do think a statue needs to be erected of Bill Snyder, Bruce Weber, and Brad Hill all just doing one big group hug on a Big 12 title trophy. And I think you do stick that right outside of the baseball complex. Grant, do you have any comments? Not really. I'm, I kind of align with you. I think it's time for him to move on. He was great for K-State, but it's time for him to move on. Um, yeah. Statue? Does he get a statue? I think instead of the little statue with those three guys hugging, let's let's do our own new Mount Rushmore on the Manhattan Hill. Their little faces all together, three men Mount Rushmore, current coaches, and then we can change it every time. There's a new coach. It'll be there's dumb faces up there on Manhattan Hill. <laughs> That's perfect. So I'll, I'll let you ask a handful of questions now. All right, we're we've been going for about half an hour. Do you want to take a break or do you just want to keep going? I say we keep rocking unless you need a break. No, I'm good. All right. Number seven, question. This is from – oh, wait, no. It's eight. I guess we'll eight. We're, we're on eight. Uh, this is at Chandler Riley underscore. What's your favorite spot in Manhattan? Restaurant, bar, place on campus, park, et cetera. You can only pick one. I have a number one with a bullet. It is Arrow Coffee. I love it. They turned me on to real coffee. I used to be able to drink that crap from a you know tin can – pre-ground they turned me on to truly good artisan coffee onto truly great espresso and then in their you know new arrangements they now have full service bar they have great craft beers uh usually out of the bottle or can they have artisan cocktails now 
They they are an elite establishment. I cannot praise them enough. So my one place is Arrow Coffee. That's a good shout. It's a great place. Uh, I'm going to say So Long Saloon. I absolutely love their burgers. I love a good Nancy on a hot day. Um, if you haven't had their peanut butter burger, it sounds insane, but God, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I could never go away from Resist Temptation Burger if I'm in there. Try it. You gotta try try a peanut Ugh. butter burger. I'm telling you. I I used to get that used to be my number one Resist Temptation, but my old roommate, shout out to my old roommate, he said just try the peanut butter burger, and it's I've never gone back. It's great. Um, honorable mention. Favorite place, Bill Snyder Family Stadium. <clears throat> mm, my honorable mention is Taco Lucha. Same people, but amazing Tacos, tacos. Taco Lucha is pretty darn good, too. Um, all right, moving on. I don't have – I literally have no answers for this question, but I'll just make some make something up, I guess. I'll let you answer first. At S.L. Keck, I think he's going to be another uh, possible golden bone. I don't know. He, yeah, he's in, he's in there, except for he went a little rogue. I don't know why he's – I don't know why he's asking this. I don't care. If Bill Self retired today, who are the first three coaching candidates KU calls? Well, for, first off, I feel like we always This was have... old, though. This was like when KU got smacked by Vanderbilt. People were like laughing about the Bill Self out stuff. So I think that's when he asks this. By Vanderbilt? Not Vanderbilt. Sorry. Villanova. No, th- I mean, this was before that. Was it? Th- yeah, this was like a week ago. Oh, okay. All right. But it seems like there's always one KU-centric question for whatever reason on this pod. Uh, I do have three. I think their number one call is Tony Bennett. You know, he's not at a Blue Blood program. He does well at Virginia. Shout. He constantly underperforms in the tournament, so that works well with what KU has turned into. Number er, <laughs> number two, I, I put Chris Holtman. You know, recent, you know, big-time mid-major. He went to Ohio State, turned them around back into a Big Ten contender, uh, March noisemaker really quick over at Ohio State. Another program that I think KU okay, could take someone away from. Uh, number three, this is my wild card. Uh, I would say they would hope Billy Donovan gets fired from Oklahoma City. Ooh, that they could catch, Yeah, catch him on the rebound. <sighs> so those are the three I had. Uh, you know, we, we promised to ask every single question used, hashtag AskBosco. But, you know, Steve and some of you other people, you're abusing that. So we Taking might advantage to, of us. Yeah, we might have to take it away because <laughs> I don't necessarily want to answer a KU question every pod. Some people don't listen to the questions carefully enough and re-ask questions that we've already answered. And like I said, Steve, you went a little rogue this week. We will answer it. But, folks, tread lightly moving forward. <laughs> I don't really have any names, dude. I'll just let you answer that one on your own. How's that? That's fine. I mean, I you know, I think fact of the matter, I don't think Bill Self's going anywhere. He's quite not, yet. ever. Uh, no, okay. I think he'll eventually go to the NBA. I think, but we'll see what happens. Next question. This is from C Planned 10 Whoa, that's and, uh, one of our brothers, and it's not mine. Yeah, all right. Shout out to my brother, C Plan 10 I like this question. If you're a professional golfer... What would your final Sunday shirt color be, or would you change it up regularly? What about you, Scott? What do you think? I would go with a lavender polo. Beautiful. Dark purple pants. Shout out to the two-tones, and I'd wear white golf shoes and a white flat-brim hat. 
Oh, man. I'm not going to top that. You went the full outfit, the two-tone full outfit? Oh, yeah, full outfit. And then I would I would have a uh, black golfing glove. Black golfing glove. Um, I'm just going to go with, I don't know. I feel like, is it is it is it bad to have a... I want to say red so bad. So bad hey, I want to say red, but I'm not going hey, to. You, no, you can go red. Just beware that the Tiger fanboys will get pissed off at Maybe you. Maybe that's why I want to do it. Maybe that's why I would do it. It worked out well for the new Masters guy. Actually, no, he, he caved. He changed yeah. his shirt. He, he wore pink, I think, on the not, final day. Not an elite move, but he, he, did win the, he did win it. So We watched that from Cinderblock, I believe. Yes, we did. Shout out to Cinderblock. Pretty good brewery. North Kansas City. Uh, I'll go with a black Nike. How about that? Not intimidating, bad. Black. Intimidating black Nike. Go full black, you know, Johnny Cash style. I could. Black yeah, on black everyone on else's, black. Everyone else's funeral is what I would be attending. Terminator. Yes. Uh, okay. So going from your brother to, I think, my brother is next, right? Yes, this is at Big Al 034. Tell your audience about your most decorated athletic accomplishment slash moment. So I'll, I'll be quick with mine because I think yours is more fun to talk about. I was an elite football player in middle school, freshman, sophomore, and JV, but I was mediocre at best when it came to, uh, you know, varsity football uh, at a, for a mediocre school. I will say in my very first middle school game, and granted, I played, you know, in elementary, I played popcorn, but my very first game as a seventh grader, the final play of the game, we were already winning, so the other team did a desperation throw. I was playing linebacker. My coach told me to back up, back up, back up. I picked it off, and I high-stepped it in from the 20-yard <laughs> line, so a full 20-yard high-step for on like a 45-yard return. I thought my mom was videotaping it because, uh, you know, Papa McFarlane, K-Mac, the Pops, he was not there, so mom was going to try to videotape it. I was so excited. Turns out she didn't videotape it, so that sucks. I also did save a girl's life rushing the floor at Bramlage once. Picked her up before she got trampled, so that's pretty awesome. But you're, uh, you're that a little is legit, bit more dude. Yeah, but you're a little bit more decorated than me, so I'll let you brag for a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to brag too hard. Um, my, Can you hear anything? I just went outside. You, do I, do you have yeah, I heard like a siren or something, but it's all right. Nothing too bad? All right, we can nope, carry you're on. No, you're good. Okay. So for me, definitely high school winning the state switch winning the state title and being on that team that just like smashed everyone in our path to become the best team in school history, bar none. Would have been great to have you as a soccer supporter back then, but it took you too long to get on board with soccer. You could have let you could have let our the the blue ultras, dude. Yeah, that that would have been fun. Uh it's all right. But it, it wasn't I meant to be. You. On that on that day, I actually was in Manhattan and saw the current, you know, streak versus KU football begins. So it was the 2009 football game and ended a very dark I, three year three year run against KU. So I was a happy camper. I was glad you guys won state. Shout out to Big Al who was also on that team as well as a tiny little baby sophomore, but he got the ring as well. He did get the ring. Um, I remember in that title game, I was like, had a throw in in front of our students, and I. Remember asking Drew Ridley, I was like, "Hey, what's the score to the Kansas State game?" Because <laughs> um, yeah, you guys cruised. That wasn't even a close was, final. No, it was, we cruised against everyone. The only team we lost to was the national champions. Uh, I was at that semifinal game. I was at the uh, was it like the DAC for Blue Valley District? Too. 
It was uh, we played Shawnee Mission, Shawnee Mission Northwest. But my favorite single moment, I think, I have a I have a lot of moments that I enjoyed, but I think my favorite one was in that same season when we played in uh, the Kansas City, Missouri. Like, there there used to be a tournament called the KMO tournament where like the best teams from Kansas and Missouri would come together and play each other at the Blue Valley Complex. And we were in the championship against Blue Valley North, and we were down 1-0, and I scored the equalizer against John Kempen of, uh, you He's know, with L.A. now. L.A. now, yeah. Scored against John Kempen, and I, I still think about this to this day. I should have scored again like two minutes later, but I completely weefed on this header. And it like, I don't know what happened. I must have closed my eyes or something, but I had a, like a near-post header that I missed. Luckily, it fell right to another guy, and he sh- he scored. So, that was my favorite moment. We'll stop. I'll stop reminiscing now, and we can move on to our next question. This is my last question. Yeah, I mean, all right. Yeah. And this is another one that I really did not think about at all. Um, from at you're gonna have you're gonna. This is more for for you because you're desperate for a hockey team. From at T Vobach, if Casey ever got a hockey franchise. What was your top three choices for team names be? First off, if Kansas City ever got a hockey team, I'd be the first. Oh, my the, God. Uh, probably not the first. It'd I'd be, be in so line fun. for season tickets. I would go to every game. My office is conveniently very close to downtown Kansas City. I would be desperate for an NHL team. I'd be a great hockey fan. It would be amazing. Yeah, my that would be awesome. Top, my top three team names would be as follows in order <laughs> one return to the original name the kansas city scouts in honor of okay. in my opinion my favorite Agree. statue in kansas city the kansas city scout statue number two the kansas city ranchers so it'd be a badass looking cowboy dude you know from the great you know ranching and meat uh market days you know it'd be it would work better if it was in the West Bottoms, you know, an old Kemper Arena. That name would probably work a little bit better, but I think the Kansas City Ranchers would be cool. You could have a cowboy mascot doing rope tricks before the game. I think that would work. And then number three, in honor of, you know, the Missouri River, the Kansas and Missouri River, the river that, you know, you know, right down the middle of the metro, would be the Kansas City River Otters. I love I it. Once, you love want, Ritter Otters. I, yes, I once started a movement to try to rename K-State to the Kansas State River Otters. It was not successful, so it would have to do for a hockey franchise. So those are my three names. Do you have any hey, shouts? No, I really don't. This is one of those questions that I like completely forgot about, and I don't feel like I'm going to be very creative ad-libbing this. Uh, who are some famous Kansas City people like historically that's that's something i could maybe think of i like the scouts as like throwing it back well, be, it would, i would be would, all on board with the river otters that's great yeah i think that would be great it's too bad that you know the shitty st louis blues because you know kansas city is where blues and jazz wasn't that invented so I would what about love some barbecue to... the the, the, the uh, kansas city the glaze smokers smoked smoked yeah yeah the Kansas, Kansas City, City smokers. smokers that's not bad and, yeah and, and the uh, the mascot is just a big old pot bellied guy with a apron and some sauce and a big old meat cleaver in one hand and a rib in the other and they would serve ooh they could serve some really good stuff at concessions in terms of barbecue wise um, yeah that'd be great Paul Rudd Paul Rudd we could do the no nah, never mind I was gonna say the just something redonk. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, 
celebs from Kansas City that I forget about. The Kansas City Ant-Men. Yeah, I was going to say, I like that. The, Ant, the Ant-Men tribute team. The, the Kansas City Avengers. Let's just steal it. That'd be legit. All right. I like it. I feel satisfied with that. You want to switch it on over? Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit out of order since we talked about Ant-Man and Paul Rudd and the Avengers real quick. So I'll go out of order on our show sheet. But from at Savvy Nation, favorite Avenger, go. Oh, man. This one's easy for me. And it, it has always been Donald M. Blake. God of Thunder, Son of Odin, the Thunder, the Lord of Asgard. Obviously, it's it's Thor. It's always been Thor for me. He's the sexiest. He's the funniest. And currently, in my opinion, he's the strongest Avenger. Who is it for you? Yeah, no, we agree. Uh, we're both on Thor. Uh, take this opportunity. Spoiler-free review. What did you think of the latest I've Avenger movie? Absolutely Spoiler loved free. it. I loved it. I might see it again tonight, honestly. I need, oh, I awesome. need to see it again. Um I loved it. I, I think it's I for me it was the best Marvel movie yet. Um, I loved it. What about you? Yeah, I agree. Uh, best superhero movie, without a doubt, at a minimum since Dark Knight. Maybe my personal favorite of all time. I agree. I will be paying to see it again. I'll probably wait for the theaters to clear a little bit. Big fan of it. Uh, just just amazing movie. You know they juggled so many massive characters and pretty big storylines perfectly for a two and a half hour movie. It was great. It didn't feel like two and a half hours, never lulled. It was great. Uh, so everyone it's, ins- it's insane go that they got it. like the pacing, right? With that many perfect, perfect characters pacing. and perfect. And Thanos, man, I love Thanos. It made oh. it's such a good movie. I mean, that was Thanos's yeah. movie. Th- th- yes. It was Thanos is the best villain. Probably. Well, actually I'll, I'll say this. Michael B. Jordan's performance and the I think Black they're, they're close because they were both re- they were both really good. Yeah, great. And then after those two, you have to go all the way back to Heath Ledger's Joker for yeah. great superhero villains. I know you and I had that conversation later. Uh, you have a couple other you know villains, but we'll get back on track. Uh, going back to the question I skipped over, you know, <laughs> dog bone contender at Gregory Houcher three. What's your favorite piece of sports memorabilia that you own? Um, gosh, I don't really have that much sports memorabilia. Um, I really, I have a, an Arsenal nineteen ninety or nineteen eighty nine home and away, home and away kits that I, I quite like. Um, other than that, I don't really know. I don't have much. What about you? Here, Scotty. Can you hear me? Yep, you're back. Sorry. Lots of technical difficulties tonight. Um, I actually, I was in the collectible game as a child. So I have a couple really good pieces that I like. Um, I got an autograph card from, uh, from the Chiefs owner, Lamar Hunt, uh, you know, I think two weeks before he died. So I have his wow. autograph on a Super Bowl fault for tops trading card. Uh, so that's something I really like. I have some great signed mini helmets. One of the best gifts I ever got for Christmas was a Tony Richardson autographed football. Uh, I got a Tony Gonzalez mini helmet. I got I got a handful of mini helmets. I recently won from K-State, which it might be one of the best. Uh, not because it's a Bill Snyder autograph, but it's on a full-sized white camo helmet. That's Beautiful. currently back in Topeka in safekeeping with my parents 
So that might be my number one. If anyone has any great K-State or just sports memorabilia, tweet it into the pod. We might shout out any real cool ones that we see. I really, uh, I remember that I, I had a Nike football signed by Terrence Newman. Uh, ooh. But <laughs> it goes to show how, like, little that means to me because, like, I don't even know where it is. I'm pretty sure I used to, like, literally play catch with it. So... Uh, I know I have a couple of Terrence Newman rookie cards that I, I have still some have. Other signed stuff like from back in the day, you know, like the when I used to go down on the field with like the the fan appreciation day when I was little, but I don't know where any of that stuff is. I got some Josh Freeman jerseys that I was convinced were going to be worth a million dollars. Shout out to Josh Freeman! I got to see him at Power and Light before K State. Yes. KU at the Big 12 tournament. He's um, a pretty so attractive cat, to be honest. He, yes, he's sexy, too. I think he's fun, he's playing ball up in Canada, I think. Really? He's back in the Canadian game. I'm not quite sure. We'll uh, ask the next question. This is one of the questionable ones from our friend, uh, you know, dog bone contender, <laughs> SL Cat. <laughs> I, How we're we going to answer we, this. We said we are going to answer anything using the hashtag. Again, we might have to go back on that. We <laughs> Might have to take that privilege away from Bosco's boneheads. Or at least the Steve. The boneheads. Or at least <laughs> Steve. But he asks, what do boobs look like? Hmm. I wish I knew. Honest to God. I wish I knew. <laughs> I've yeah. never... never seen I don't know any. how to answer this. I, I wish I had like some good bit for prepared for this, but I really don't. Yeah, I mean, we, we tried to answer Steve not very successfully. Uh, you know... I got nothing else. We're we're moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, one one of the great uh, question askers. He's going to be featured. The couple more questions in episode two of the Q and A extravaganza for the month of May at Johnny underscore Appleseed. Dog breed power rankings go. This is a uh, kind of just open ended question, isn't it? Uh, Very open ended. How many dog breeds are we going to are we gonna I don't power? know. Five? This is, this is what I wrote down. This is what I wrote down. Okay. Number one, with a bullet, rescue dogs. Adopt, don't shop. Is there that a tons of good boys yeah, and girls. Yeah, that's a good point. Tons of good boys and girls in all the local shelters. If you're in the market for a dog, please give one of your local shelters a look. Number two for me, I put Chocolate Lab. Uh, my favorite dog of all time, Nellie. She was a chocolate lab. Got her on the day I enrolled in high school. She died way too young. Had a ruptured disc in her back, and we had to put her down way too young. She was only four years old. Best I ever had. Uh, just amazing. Number three, I put English Bulldogs. They're thick boys. Great. Just great dogs. I would think about getting one if... You know, Kansas City summers weren't so hot. They do not do well in the summer. You know, I kind of think of myself as an English bulldog. You know, I get real worked up, don't do well in the heat, you know, thick, short. Uh, you know, I like them. Thick. Next, I put golden retrievers, probably, you know, the best photogenic dogs, the beautiful dogs, loyal dogs. Those were my power rankings. The only dogs I put at the bottom, because they're almost all good boys and girls, just obnoxiously small dogs, chihuahuas. You know, teacup poodles. You know, just, I grew up with a Yorkie, and it's a great dog. Ugh, I just, great. Any, it's such ugh. a good dog. But it doesn't behave that way, you know. But That's fine. So that's just where I am. Uh, All right. Dogs. I'll, I'll give you mine, I guess. Um, I'll, I'll be consistent with your number one. So when you say, like, 
rescue dogs. That doesn't have a breed. It's just no. any any dog because that's they're all a bunch of breeds. Anyways, I my dog's a rescue dog. I'm pretty sure it's like a beagle, Brittany, some some sort of mutt. But rescue He's a mutt, good boy. That's the way to do it. And then my number two, Labrador Retriever, objectively the best dog in my opinion. Doesn't matter the color. I'm I'm a little more partial, I guess, to the black labs, but you know any black any lab I love. Number after that, golden retriever, very similar, just a little too hairy for me, a little too hairy. Um, after that, golden doodle. I don't know if you've ever like actually oh. spent time with a golden doodle. Super smart dog, incredible dog. And then last but not least, I love a good English bulldog. So that's my power rankings for five. Just chose five dogs, I guess. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap it up. We typically have a beer question. So from at crob underscore oh nine, if you could only drink one beer for the rest of your life, what would it be? This is so hard. <laughs> um, I know that I, I'm always talking about my favorite beer of all time being Buffalo Sweat, but I don't think that I would want to drink no. that for the rest of my life. Nope, nope. I'm gonna go for, in my opinion. IPAs can slide into any season. So I'm going to choose an IPA, and I'm going to choose my favorite IPA, and it is Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA. That's the beer that I would drink for the rest of my life if I had to. I think I can drink IPAs pretty much in any season. They're kind of refreshing when it's warm, and I don't think they're too bad when it's cold. So that's my choice. What about you? Uh, So I... First off, I wish I could just say whatever the newest beer from Double Shifter. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, the, the, uh, well, and I, I think if, if push came to shove and you put my feet to the fire, I think I'd probably say Tank 7 from so Boulevard. Good. Saisons are my favorite type of beer. And I'll actually tell you this. If they wouldn't have discontinued it, it would have been Spring Bell. It was a very, it was a very flavorful Saison from them. And it wasn't as boozy. It, it, I mean, Tank 7, you know, you have one too many of those. I mean, and they go down easy. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you could find yourself in some trouble with that. So I wish, I wish, there, you know, the Spring Bell, it was super flavorful, not as boozy. Uh, I, I wish I could go with that. And I'll, also a shout-out to Songbird Saison from Tallgrass. They discontinued that. If that was still around, again, that was not good. really as boozy, that might have been my pick. Didn't they but, just bring half pipe back? Yes, they brought half pipe back. Delicious. I love half pipe. A tart pale <clears throat> ale. Uh, great beer. Uh, but I think I would have to go with Tank Seven, and that concludes what is our final bumpers episode. Uh, the next time you guys hear us, we will be on professional equipment, new host. Uh, we wanted to split it up into two: a because we had a lot of questions, and b we want to do another Q and A, a little lighter. Uh, pod the first time we're testing out new equipment. So that's all I got. Do you have anything to say to all the good fans, all the boneheads? We're entering the pro podcasting world tonight. RIP well, to not Bumpers. Tonight. Not, tonight. not tonight. You know what I mean. RIP to Bumpers. Um, they Thanks got us, they got us in. Um, but, you know, it's definitely time to move on from Bumpers anyways. Um, we're going to have some new sexy guests. We're going to have some good stuff for the summer. To count down the season, I'm excited. So, thanks for listening, Boneheads. Uh, I guess we can sign off now. Yep, love you guys. We mean it. Goodbye. Sports Social.
Social Podcast Network.